Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it. It can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume 1, based on the 39 books of the Old Testament, is now available for pre-order, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Rod, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. So let's talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together and tell us why these two volume books can be such a great resource for anyone listening right now. Brian, I knew The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of His creation. Pastor Ron, thank you. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to pre-order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices, 757-276-1099. And if you would like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Well, false teaching has been around in the church almost since its inception. Do you know biblical Christianity well enough to recognize false teaching? Today on Something Good, Ron shows us how to identify the lie and challenges us to have the courage to call it out. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Listen or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Jude, Contending for the Faith. Ronald Reagan served as the 40th president of the United States of America at the same time that Margaret Thatcher was elected the Prime Minister of Great Britain. Uh, together they fought and won the Cold War. Although it was Thatcher who credited Reagan for ending the Cold War, she said, without firing a shot. 
The names Reagan and Thatcher are like, well, they're sort of like Colorado 14ers, rising majestically from the landscape of 20th century history. Both global leaders were clear-eyed, clear-eyed when it came to the threat of communism in the world today, starting with the former Soviet Union. You may remember that Marxism and Leninism had spread to other places too, including Eastern and Central Europe, China, Cuba, Vietnam, North Korea, Sub-Saharan Africa, Afghanistan, Nicaragua. It was everywhere you looked. Ronald Reagan believed it was time for a new strategy in the fight against socialist communist ideology. You remember what his strategy was? We win, they lose. Oh, for the clear-eyedness of a Ronald Reagan today. In the Berlin Wall speech on June 12, 1987, Reagan courageously sent word to the Soviet general secretary. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> and interestingly enough, his advisor said, no, Mr. Reagan, you can't say that. You can't be that stern with your rhetoric. He said it anyway. Reagan's instincts were dead on. And not long after that, the Berlin Wall fell and the Soviet Union collapsed. According to Lee Edwards of the Heritage Foundation, in the end, even Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet system, publicly acknowledged the failures of Marxism-Leninism and the futility of Russian imperialism. Where's the clear-eyedness today about socialist, communist ideology? Where are the Reagans and the Thatchers today saying, tear down this wall, don't even let a brick of it near this country, let alone the world? Well, like Ronald Reagan, we, we, we come to the book of Jude. And Jude, like James, was one of the half-brothers of Jesus. And Jude was equally clear-eyed about... Uh, that which threatened the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in the first century. Jude joins the choir of New Testament voices who sternly warn, warn about false teachers that Jude says crept in unnoticed to the church. And he begins his letter with a brief greeting that extends a grace and mercy and peace to his readers readers that he called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. He comes back to that idea of being kept for Jesus Christ at the end of his letter, and we'll, we'll comment on that again. But beginning in verse 3, Jude writes this, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. He goes on to say, for certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people, he says, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Jude started out writing a nice little soteriological letter about our common salvation. 
But then he learned about a four-alarm theological fire, and he shifted gears under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And he writes a different letter than what he intended to write, urging his readers to contend for the faith. I say in much the same way that Reagan and Thatcher contended for freedom. We're clear-eyed about the threat of communism. Jude is clear-eyed about the threat of anything that perverts the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word contend means to struggle in opposition, to strive in debate, to dispute earnestly. He says this was a faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Uh, The phrase once for all suggests there is nothing more to add to the gospel and certainly nothing to take away. And when Jude saw some creeping into the church unnoticed as it were, he sounds the alarm, shifts gears in his rhetorical focus here, and writes a scathing letter about false teachers and the unorthodoxy of their their doctrine. I have a question for you. Are you clear-eyed about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know biblical Christianity well enough to recognize false teaching when you hear it? Do you possess the courage, the Reagan-like courage, to tear down the walls of erroneous doctrine? How many alarms must sound before you grasp the seriousness of a catastrophic theological fire. Will you contend for the Christian faith in this generation? Because what was at stake in the first century is just as real now, friends. And we need to hear the alarm that Jude and John and Peter and Paul, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, as we've been going through the New Testament and especially the New Testament epistles, how many of these early apostles and uh, writers of the New Testament sounded the alarm 2,000 years ago as the church was just getting started, sounding the alarm to those who crept into the church unnoticed and began perverting the purity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, having sounded the alarm, Peter, or rather Jude goes on to talk about why we should contend for the faith, and he draws uh, from the first five books of the Bible to give us three illustrations from the past and how God dealt with unbelievers and their erroneous doctrines. Uh, Let's pick it up in verse five. He says, now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. James gives us three illustrations from the Old Testament. 
and wants us to remember, first of all, Israel's unbelief after the Lord delivered them from Egyptian slavery. We can go back to Exodus chapter 12, verses 37 and 38 says that a mixed multitude went out from them with Egypt. What do you mean a mixed multitude of believers and unbelievers? And it wasn't long before the unbelievers complained about the Lord's provision during something uh, I referred to as the grumble in the jungle. Do you remember that? Yeah. Numbers chapter 11 tells us that the Lord sent a great plague to strike down the complainers, and many died. Stern warning from the Lord about those in the mixed multitude that did not believe. Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out our Something Good travel experiences. Travel beyond belief with Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones to Bible lands like Israel, Greece, Italy, Jordan, Turkey, and Egypt. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus or navigate Paul's missionary journeys. Several new travel experiences are now open for registration. Learn more at somethinggoodradio.org travel. False teachers can be recognized by what they say but they can also be clearly identified by what they do. With the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Jude, contending for the faith. Here's Dr. Ron Jones. Jude also points out the eternal fate of the angels who followed Lucifer in the rebellion against heaven's authority. In the books of uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel, we learn that one-third of the angelic ranks followed Lucifer. Some of them are active in the world today in the heavenly realms, tempting and deceiving and doing what devils and demons do. But there are others that James refers to here that are locked up in a dark and gloomy place reserved until the final day of judgment. And God will judge angels and demons and eventually cast the devil himself, the Bible says, into the lake of fire. And finally, Jude calls to remembrance the ancient cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, whom God destroyed because of their gross sexual immorality. Now, some people today want us to believe that uh, the sin that God judged at Sodom and Gomorrah was not homosexuality, it was inhospitality. (laughs) They were just inhospitable people. Which is ridiculously false, if you go back and read the story. Not to mention Jude's commentary inspired by the Holy Spirit. According to Jude, God judged the people in these ancient cities for their unnatural sexual behavior, meaning men having relations with men. And and here Jude gives these three illustrations from the Old Testament to show us the dangers of allowing unbelievers and their false doctrines to mix with the truth. He says, God judged them in the past. He'll judge them in the present. He'll judge them in the future. This is not something to mess around with. 
And then he goes on and uh, makes his case against the false teachers, those who pervert the gospel even stronger, by comparing them to blasphemers. Let's pick it up in verse eight where he says, yet in like manner these people also relying on their dreams defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, he says. For they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Now up to this point, Jude has not identified the nature of the false doctrine that he is railing against here. Uh, We can assume that it might have something to do with uh, the Gnosticism uh, that rose up in the first century and early second century that threatened the purity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. No, he's just exposing and giving reason why we need to have such uh, a contention with false teaching and why protecting the purity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is so important. The word blaspheme appears three times in verses eight to 11, suggesting that arrogant false teachers speak irreverently of God. Uh, Moreover, destroyed by the things they practice, he says they act more like three Old Testament bad boys. He mentions Cain, Balaam, and Korah, who led a rebellion. They're more like these bad boys than true and trustworthy followers of God. He holds nothing back by calling them unreasoning animals who mock what they do not understand. And then regarding their interaction with supernatural powers, there's this interesting little discussion about Michael the archangel, and apparently there was some dispute about Moses' body when the Lord himself buried him on Mount Nebo. And uh, he says that Michael the archangel is more careful about the way he deals with the devil and supernatural things than these false teachers. I hear it all the time from false teachers who, who, who look the devil in the face and rebuke him. Jude says, even Michael the archangel wouldn't do that. He says, that's that's for the Lord to do. And Jude's not done with expressing his false contempt, or rather his contempt for false teacher. He goes on a little bit of a nature hike and takes us along with him, and he identifies some metaphors in nature that aptly describe the grave danger and the sheer emptiness of these apostates who malign the Christian faith. Um, Picking it up in verse 12, uh, just just let these uh, images from nature uh, fully form in your mind as pictures of what these false teachers are like. He says they are hidden reefs at your love feasts as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars, he calls them, for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. I mean, Jude holds nothing back here. He he wants us to get the full picture 
of the shamelessness and uh, the danger and the, the sheer emptiness of those who masquerade as uh, true believers in Jesus Christ and uh, take on leadership roles in ministries and churches and so forth. Unexpectedly, uh, following these verses, uh, Jude quotes from the non-canonical book of Enoch about the Lord executing judgment on the ungodly. He doesn't, it doesn't paint a very happy future for those who are false teachers. And then he adds, uh, this unflattering description in verse 16, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. I really don't think we have the emotional fortitude to receive something like this today because some snowflake would say, James, you're being a little bit too rough on them. No, he's not. No, he's not. Not any more than Ronald Reagan was about communism. He was clear-eyed about it. An ideology that is atheistic and godless and destroys human life. It's not a political issue. It's a moral and spiritual one. And we need to be as clear-eyed about the threat of socialist communism today, which has come through the back door of our country, as Jude was clear-eyed about the back door access of false teachers into the church. Overall, Jude's description of the false teachers kind of reads like 2 Peter chapter 2. The scoffers, he called them. The scoffers who come scoffing. I love that about Peter. Think of the battle between sound doctrine and false doctrine as a court battle. Truth is always the believer's best defense. And that truth is the infallible Word of God. If you missed part of today's message, Jude, Contending for the Faith, or if you'd like to hear it again, stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Partnership has always been essential to fulfill the Great Commission. And today, Ron invites you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Something Good Radio broadcast. 
When you partner up with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. It's time that the church identify this as a moral and spiritual issue. Because communism is a godless, atheistic ideology that destroys human life. It always does wherever it's been. And socialism is simply the kinder, gentler path toward atheistic totalitarianism. And it's here. Last 40 years, it has come through the back door into Hollywood, the media, higher education, now lower education, the church, and even seats in our government, elected seats in our government. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Jude, Contending for the Faith. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.